I'm Brooke McLaughlin, an author, speaker, teacher, and small town girl from the mountains of Appalachia. Over the years, I've had the privilege of encouraging countless moms toward a richer prayer life, helping them catch a vision for the partnership God invites them into as they become praying moms. Prayer is action all by itself, and our prayers can impact the people we love most for generations to come. I created the Million Praying Moms podcast because prayer is one of the most overlooked parts of Christian parenting today. Let's change that together. My goal is to help you see prayer not as a last resort, but as your first and best response. If you have questions about prayer or motherhood, if you need help taking the first steps toward a praying life, or if you want to know how to pray for specific needs affecting our children in today's culture, you're in the right place, friend prayer warrior or mom who's just starting the journey. All are welcome here. Let's get started. Hey there, friends. Statistics tell me that you may already know my friend joining us today, but just in case you haven't heard of her, allow me to introduce someone I've known for many years now, someone I've served with, dreamed with, and watched grow beyond her wildest dreams, Heather McFadden. Heather was one of the first writers at the Mob Society, the community for mothers of boys that I started with Erin Mooring many, many years ago now. She's the mom of four boys and shares her wisdom and the wisdom of so many other women on her podcast, Don't Mom Alone. Heard by literally millions of listeners, Don't Mom Alone helps listeners feel like they can do better, but that all their efforts really matter. It truly is a space for moms to remember they aren't alone and are empowered by the God who made them to be the mom he wants them to be. Her latest book, Right Where You Belong, is the subject we're going to tackle today because it is going to help us learn to identify and fully occupy our God-given space so that we can help our children do the same thing. Well, Heather, welcome to the show. You and I have known each other for so long, but I think this is the first time you've actually been on the show, and I am so glad to have you. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself, your ministry, give them the spiel and help them get to know you. Yeah, we we were uh, OG blogger girls, right? Yes. <laughs> the, the boy moms. So now I am over hosting the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I have four boys that are 11 to 17 and live in Dallas, Texas. And yeah, I've got a couple books out now. I mean, it's been a journey, right? It really has. When you and I started this, our boys were very young and energetic and just, you know, the stress and struggle of all of that. And now there's like this puberty stuff. Like how how is that going in your house? (laughs) (laughs) Let's just say uh, I hit a wall last night even. Okay. Like, (laughs) yes. It's just the testosterone when you multiply it and everyone's under one roof, things can get heated and things can get thrown and uh, (laughs) they're not real interested in me helping reconcile. So that was what I was told last night. It was like, mom, boys don't need to talk it out. They just get (laughs) over it. And I was like, okay, let's get information. Um, I think this would be a skill that might be helpful for future relationships to not just let conflict go, but uh-huh. good to know that you yes. guys can get over this quickly. Yeah, I yeah. know. There is no. a saying about that, that what is it, that men are like waffles and women, women are like, like spaghetti. spaghetti or whatever. Yeah, I, I get that. Mm-hmm. They do compartmentalize, but I do find that those 
compartments burst wide open sometimes. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like you can't keep stuff in this and like no. thinking I moved on, I moved on because they built and then yeah. all of the hurts and the hangups, you know, yeah. become a bigger yeah. deal later. It's a yeah. Lot. No, it's yeah. good. It's great, Brooke, over here. <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, I think it's got to be the hardest to have three teenagers and a preteen all together, all boys. That's got to, I was like, that was not good planning. I thought <laughs> it was a lot when they were real little and it was like a lot of toddlers and everyone's in diapers and oh, here we are again. So that's your encouragement if you're in the similar spot. It's a bad <laughs> idea. It's a bad idea. <laughs> oh, I love it. So, you know, our boys are 23 months apart and I actually, some of our dearest friends watched us struggle so hard with that, that they spaced their children out <laughs> further. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm not kidding. They watched how like, hard that like was You're like the Titanic. Yes. Like, There's an iceberg ahead. You avoid it, please. Yeah. <laughs> warning, warning. No, I love it now though. Like, I mean, I'm not saying all things are perfect in our world, but I am glad now that we had them close together because, you know, they fought so much when they were little, but they really have, and they still fight. I'm not going to lie about that, but they have really started to have each other's backs and, you know, develop a, a more mature relationship. And I, I'm really grateful for that because there was a season when I just wasn't sure it was ever going to happen. So I feel yeah for sure. So, well, I'm so glad to have you with us today and just chat about some really important stuff. I have dedicated this whole season that we're doing on Million Praying Moms to helping our children find their place mm. or their purpose in life. There have been several seasons recently where we've really kind of focused on older kids, if you will, probably because I have them now. You know, that, that <laughs> I do tends know to be that, yeah. like, mm-hmm. I, yeah, it's like I tend to want the information that's going to serve me and, mm-hmm. and I know that it will serve other people as well. So there is a little bit of method in my madness with that. But I think really and honestly think that before we can help our children find their purpose, uh, before we can help them, we have to be solid as moms ourselves, as women, as children of God, in what our place in the world is. So I would love for you to just take a second and tell us how you came to be sure of your place. Right. I mean, I think it's a struggle for me is always feeling like I'm missing out or something's missing in me. And I don't know if someone can relate to that. But that actual thought process was sabotaging me because I'm always thinking, do I need to be here? Do I need to be doing this with my family? Oh, they're doing that. And the comparison and the just never feeling content robbed my peace and my clarity. And so the first step in my journey was asking God, God, what's a different thought I can have besides I'm missing out? And when I spent time with him, what he brought to mind was, If you're in the middle of my will, then you're never missing out. And that was something I could bring to mind when the negative thought would come and replace it, like we read in scripture, to take the thought captive, the unhelpful thought, and then replace it with truth. The trick is, while that is peace-giving, that if I'm in the middle of your will, I'm not missing out, it's also tricky because what is his will? And this is the like age old question of how do we know God's will? And there are some real clear indicators of what he does not want us to do when he gives us the law. But there are all these little decisions that we have to make that are not moral choices or ethical decisions, but directional. And so I was leaning into that with 
God and remembering a study by Blackaby um, experiencing God where Blackaby reminds us that God's at work everywhere and he is inviting us to join him in things. And it resonated with something a friend had told me, Kat Armstrong, that we all are given the calling to go to make disciples, but we are given various assignments of where we do that. And so I had this little bit of a piece of, okay, my purpose or my calling isn't this one thing, which is sometimes we're sold that it's motherhood is our calling. And like you and I were saying, that can feel real defeatist when our kids are disasters and we're like, wait a second, <laughs> this is my biggest calling and I'm failing at my biggest calling. Yes. But to reframe and say, oh no, my calling is to go and make disciples. And so that may be my kids in my home. That may be through a ministry at church. That may be your podcast here or my podcast, or that might be a group of women I host in my home. That changes over time. And so I'm not missing out if I am taking his invitations, his assignments, and I am filling those places that he's put me and recognizing that that is going to change over the course of my life, where he assigns me, what he invites me into. And then my purpose is bendy and flexible, and it's more of this relational walk with him, this journey with him, which is a word used over and over in the Bible, your Derek, your journey. That is the purpose. The purpose is the relationship with God and being a part of the work he's already doing. It's less about this big accomplishment or this one thing that I get to do with my life. So that's a little bit of where I found more security in his plans and purpose, just kind of in reframing that for myself. I really love that definition. And here's why, because well, I think because it's biblical, first of all, so I'll, I'll love it for that. But I also love it because it's practical and very usable. Before I had children, I, you know, uh, had this very, what I felt like was very purpose-driven life. I got an education so that I could do something that felt very purposeful to me. I went into the workforce. You get this because mm-hmm. your story is similar. I went into the workforce doing something that I felt like was very purposeful and meaningful. And while I was in the midst of it, I couldn't imagine myself doing anything else. Like It really defined all of my purpose in that time frame, which may be good and bad. I don't know, but that's the way it was at that point. And then when God called me to stay home with our children, I felt like I had lost my purpose in some ways or that my purpose had changed. And I think, as you said, our callings to express our purpose can be bendy and they can change and they can morph in different seasons. But sometimes it's hard for a woman when she's in a purpose to see that there can be another one or that there can be another season that God will call her to where she's doing something entirely different. And looking at it the way that you've just described it kind of gives you the freedom to do that and to not have to feel like if you leave something or if God calls you to something else that you've lost it. Because really, I was just having a conversation with a friend the other day about how our primary purpose is as children of God, not even moms. It's not even motherhood. It's just to be a child of God and to do whatever he calls us to do. So I really think your perspective is so freeing to look at it the way that God wants us to. And I think if we do that, it prevents hangups in our lives, like you described at the beginning. And I think we are such a doing culture, American culture. What do you do for a living? It's kind of the common, you just meet someone question. 
And I think it also frees us up to recognize there are going to be times or spaces or assignments we're going to be with people. We're going to be with elderly parents. We're going to be with young children. And maybe it doesn't look productive in the way the society or successful or applauded. And to me, it reinforced that that has significance because God has decided, or this is the path that you're on. And in this, like you said, season or this time, and it's not forever. That's what we love about the word season is it's, it's temporary. It's, a, it's not a forever. And so we can hold on in that recognizing, okay, this is significant now. I can't see why or how God is here with me in this. My part is to follow him, be in communication with him, using my gifts and talents and experiences right here. And his part is outside of that space. And he may or may not let me know why we're here, Uh but it isn't my job to know the why. But we can sometimes spend so much mental energy on why is this happening or what did I do to cause this or who caused this? Did God cause this? If you know, suffering, if we're talking about suffering or hard places, it's like we waste a lot of energy and mental capacity on thinking about those questions instead of the communing with God in the space. Yeah. Well, let's build on that because in the new book that you've released called Right Where You Belong, you talk about occupying your God-given space. So I want you to talk to us about what that means and how it compares or contrasts with this notion that we always have to be working on something big. Like we have to have this big plan for our lives or this big career that we're working toward, or I'm going to do this big thing for God. How does occupying the space that God has you in differ from that? And why is it better? That phrase, occupy your God-given space, came from a tweet. And the tweet was by a pastor who was a devotional writer for YouVersion, the Bible app. And he was saying that an expanded Hebrew definition of humility, he took the Hebrew word avanah, and he said it is to occupy your God-given space. And that when I looked into it, it is a concept that rabbis would teach their students. The true humility is to see where you are and to fill that space and to not take more or less than your space. Because if you take less, then other people have to compensate for you. If you take more, you're robbing people of filling their space. So it's just like being in communication with God to know no more than my place, okay? No less than my space. And so we... Consider that could mean a position that feels overwhelming to you. It could be a CEO position. It could be a big speaking gig or performing on a large stage to a big audience. It's not always small, but it also doesn't mean I need to hustle and work really hard and send all these emails and network so that I can make the space. It's trusting God's assignment and appointment to you in this time And then he may have a future larger space, but he may also have a future, quote unquote, smaller space and trusting that process of of those lines bending and shaping over the course of your life. Yeah, that's so good. I think probably everyone who is listening right now has asked the question, Lord, why do you have me here? Why here? Why this space? And I've asked that question recently in the last several years, I've asked God, a specific question of that nature. Why here? And as you said, it is 
maybe wasting my time and energy trying to figure out why, because God has not promised that he's going to tell us why, first of all. And second of all, focusing on that why God is doing this doesn't give you the time to figure out how to be in that space, how to live in that space, how to be who he's called you to be in that space. And I I just think there's probably so many people listening right now that can very much relate to that. Today's show is brought to you by our newest prayer guide, Praying God's Word for Your Child to Find Their Purpose. It's written by my friend, Brittany Ann of Equipping Godly Women, who has written several books and Bible studies that help believers know and more clearly understand biblical guidelines for everyday life. Inside this prayer guide, Brittany helps us tackle the question, what do you want to be when you grow up from a slightly more biblical perspective? The way our children answer this common question varies wildly from day to day. From teacher to firefighter to astronaut to juggler to moonwalker, we just never know what they're going to say. For young children, this question is full of promise and excitement. They can be anything they want. The sky is the limit, and it's really fun to let them dream. But as our children get older, this question takes on new meaning. The excitement of endless possibilities gradually gives way to the pressure of choosing just the right college the right career, the right job, the right location, and even the right relationship for a lifetime. What do you want to be when you grow up becomes stressful, almost agonizing as young adults wrestle with major decisions that will affect the rest of their lives. But what if finding out their purpose didn't have to be so stressful? What if our children could know with confidence exactly what God wants them to do? In praying God's word for your child to find their purpose, you'll pray for God to work in your children's hearts to draw near to God in sincere faith, to be guided by the Holy Spirit, to learn how to love sacrificially and with intention, to learn to walk in God's strength instead of their own. You'll pray for them to find rest in God alone and understand God's bigger plan. You'll pray for them to submit their plans to God's plans and so much more. With biblical teaching, scripture-inspired prayers, and space to journal using our Think, Pray, Praise method of daily prayer, this digital prayer guide is just perfect for the busy mom who needs God to move in the hearts of her kids. Download your copy of Praying God's Word for Your Child to Find Their Purpose now when you visit today's show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. Tell me if we find ourselves wherever we are in this place, and I would assume that there is probably some discernment that has to go with this, like trying to figure out what your place is and what is God calling you to and what is he not calling you to? And that's work that we have to do between us and the Lord. But help us know how to know the boundaries of our God-given space. Like how can we look at, we're not going to bounce up against a real wall that says don't don't go any further, (laughs) right? Yeah. Yeah. Like actually a funny story. I'm sitting in a room that has two big monstrous glass doors that separate this room from the rest of the house. And we had it shut the other day because we were trying to cool it off. It just this room in particular. And my six two son like almost ran smack into the glass doors. They're not usually closed, first of all. <laughs> and second of all, you can't see through them. So he he, he wasn't prepared. He didn't think they were going to uh, I, going I to have be there. Had and <laughs> many bloody noses. I am the one yes. who will walk into a glass door. Yes. So am I. Mm-hmm. So every time mm-hmm. I get a new pair of glasses with a new prescription, I find myself yeah. running into things. Mm-hmm. We're not gonna have any glass yeah, doors or, yeah. or even it's, it we might. They're, well, maybe. they're they're <laughs> virtual, like a, it's going to hurt because we are trying mm-hmm. to go over our boundary and 
we hurt a relationship, but it's not actually going to be a bloody nose. Um, no, I would say when I was considering this concept, so I see the tweet and it says, okay, humility is to occupy your God-given space. I was thinking about the Israelites and the God-given space of the promised land and the really boring chapters in Joshua where God outlines for his people, here's the north boundary, here's the south, here's the, and here, you, this tribe goes here, this tribe goes here. And I thought there are aspects of our life that are fixed in a given moment that if we would ask God, God, will you show me the boundary lines in these specific areas? They're super unique to each person and yet also bendy to that person's journey with God. And so the four lines that he helped me see were one is time. And I kind of break that down in the book, but I think it's really you talking again. I'm going to say it a thousand times, but this, you can handle it. Million praying moms. It's you talking to God and I'm a big fan of listening. So it's bringing these questions to God and taking a hot second to see what comes to mind through the Holy Spirit, what truth comes to mind and writing those down. So with time, Lord, in this decision, or I'm trying to figure out where do you have me, God, how is time a factor? Whether it's a season and, you know, you have a senior, like we were just talking about, okay, I'm making decisions about what do I say yes to or what I say no to? I have a senior. Well, that's a unique thing about this time. Or maybe you do have parents who are sick, or maybe you were just diagnosed with cancer and it, it requires time for chemo and, and surgery and recovery. Like what aspects, and those seem real obvious, but maybe it's a subtle thing that you're not thinking of that God will bring to mind is a boundary line for me in time. And we all are given the natural boundary line of 24 hours in a day. And really only being able to respond to the present moment. Like the space I'm given right now is this moment with you. I do not yet have access to travel into the future or go back in the past. But oftentimes our brains will camp out in one of those. And again, it's wasted mental energy because only God has access to the future and the past. So how can we stay in our space, which is this present moment? And then place, whether it's a physical place, like a neighborhood, city, state, your country, maybe a physical place you're feeling God leading you, another country or state or whatever, or it's a position of influence, a place in a ministry, a place in your job, a place on a board, whatever it is for this decision. Ask God, how does place play a role in this space that you're giving me? And then wiring is another boundary line. So Lord, will you show me how I made uniquely and how that impacts this decision? Remind me of what's true of what you've put in me from the beginning. Lord, is there anything that I have as part of who I am that the world has mislabeled? And I have been told it is a problem, but it's actually a gift that you've given me. For me, that's things like too sensitive, right? That was always a problem. And then now I see it as empathy. It's a gift that I am sensitive to other people's feelings and can sit with them in really hard emotions and I'm okay. What about experiences? That's the fourth boundary line. So positive and negative experiences. What are some hard things you've walked through and you could hold out hope for someone else? Or they kind of are part of your story and your testimony of God's faithfulness in your life. Or some hard things that maybe still need healing that he's bringing to mind. He's like... I have this space for you, but you have not handed to me 
the broken pieces so we can heal it so you can move on. So he's like bringing to mind from your experiences, your space is kind of filled up. Your brain is kind of filled up with some negative thoughts based on that past experience that we need to work through and we need to heal up so you can make room for me to use you in this area. And so he might bring that to mind. What's a place that needs healing? Might be a positive experience that you had that you can share with a friend. Your parents were happily married for 50 years and they didn't have that experience and they're struggling in their marriage and they need to see an example. And maybe you get them together with your parents and you're like, this is, you know, I really truly love this framework because it is like I use this word before bendy. It's adaptable to what God wants to show you in your moment with him. It's just making space to talk to him about it. Yeah. I love the word bendy for real. Like I feel like I could need to start using that more (laughs) often. It's a great word. (laughs) That's a great word. And I think we don't often think of God's will as being bendy. Mm -hmm. We think of it as absolute. And there are elements of it that are absolute, right? There are non-negotiables to following the Lord, but he gives us the ability to follow him knowing how he created us as individuals and knowing what season of history he created us in. And that's really just inspiring to think about that I don't have to force myself into a box. I can really look at how God uniquely made me and how God uniquely made my children and help them figure that out as well. So let's transition to them a little bit in the conversation. Specifically, I want to talk about wiring. That's one of the things that you just mentioned during COVID, during the pandemic in our area, after the schools had reopened, but it was before the students were going back full time. They were going back on like, you know, Monday through Thursday, but Friday was a cleaning day or something like that. And so during that time, my oldest son fell in love with machinery. And the way that it happened was he was off school on Fridays. My dad is a retired mechanical engineer and he was one of the kind of old timey mechanical engineers in the sense that his education didn't just teach him how to plan things, but it was also, it had a very hands-on element as well. He could design something and he could make it. And that's not necessarily what mechanical engineering is anymore. But so he has all this big equipment in his basement, mills, lathes, like huge. I don't know how we're getting them out of there kind of equipment. And he and my cousin, who is a machinist, decided that they were going to put together a machine shop curriculum for him to give him something to do. My dad was looking for a way to spend some time with him and just wanted to impart the knowledge that he had to our son to see if he could teach him anything. And so every Friday, I would take him up to mom and dad's house for a few hours so that he could learn from him. And after just a few short months, my son realized that he loved it. He loved the hands-on. He loved making things. He loved the big machinery and came to us and told us that he wanted to go to vocational school for the last two years of his high school career. So he is, you know, graduating with a machine technology degree and will go on to college in a related field. Like it really just doing this one little thing, spending just a few hours with my dad on Fridays during COVID changed the course of his whole life. And it told us something that we didn't know before about the way that he was wired. COVID in this specific situation gave us the time, all of us together, to slow down and see the way our son was wired. 
It gave us the time to realize that he loved hands-on, that he had a project mindset, that he likes building and measuring things and loves the satisfaction of making something that fits into a bigger purpose. But we are not living in COVID anymore, right? So we're very grateful. I'm not saying I want to go back, but, <laughs> but, but how do we? Like The point I'm trying to make is we had time to look at him and see him. And now that we are out of that, it becomes more difficult for us to find the time. And that's the question that I'm asking you. How do we as parents look for the way our children are wired so that we can help point them toward their purpose? What are we looking for? How do we find the time? I think a key part of that too was you weren't following the formula of what everybody else was signing their kids up for. And so what I hope that this does is open the minds of kids and parents to see, okay, what if we took a decision to God first so that he could bring to mind some truth? So what I heard in your story was the experience your dad had made you recognize, oh, we have this opportunity, this space that God has given us, this physical space that's a shop this space of the experiences your dad held that he could share, the desire your dad held, the extra time, the Friday that he wasn't in school. And all of that combined with, it was a match for your son. He gave it a try and his wiring was a match. It could be that he tried and it was a total disaster, Mm -hmm. but you'd set up the space based on all of those other boundaries to try. And my encouragement to moms and dads who are listening is, to maybe take a second and see what's available to you with grandparents or with parents or with other friends that doesn't fit the mold of what everyone else is doing. Because what I find in Texas, I don't know if this is true or you are, but it just feels like it's A plus B equals C with every kid. And a friend was even saying, if you want to join a sorority for college, someone from that sorority has to write a letter. And so... (laughs) this friend, she was getting all these resumes of girls. She said, Heather, they were all the exact same. They're the exact same girl. (laughs) And I said, this is why it's hard for colleges because kids are applying for college and they all look exactly the same because they've all followed the formula that we've all been taught is what makes a successful child. Instead of looking at the child and asking God, God, what do you have for this child based on their parents' experience, based on their grandparents' experience, based on where we live, based on what's available, based on their interests that you've put in them from the very beginning? Can we like get curious about that, bring it to God and see, and realize we may get peers who look at us sideways like you're doing what? And just the clarity and the peace and the confidence comes in having that conversation with God. Yeah, that's so good. That is so good. And actually just hearing you say that was really life-giving to me because so at the time that we're recording this, my son is actually graduating in just a matter of weeks. And we found that as he was getting closer and closer to having to nail down some commitments, right? Like we had to make some decisions. We kept getting new opportunities. It was confusing. We would make Mm -hmm. a decision or feel like we had made a decision and then something new would pop into like, oh, well, well, maybe we could do this. 
And I can't tell you how many times I bothered my quote unquote bothered my, my prayer warriors. Like, I don't know what to do. I don't know. Like, you know, should we take this? Maybe this is the Lord saying, no, no, stop, go this way. And in the end, what my husband and I did was sit down and evaluate. I don't know that I realized I was doing exactly what you're talking about, but it's what we did. We looked at him. We looked at his specific needs, his specific talents, the good things that he brings to the table, his strengths, his weaknesses that also can provide constraints on where he needs to go and what he needs to do. And we realized that we were going to stay the course, you know, and we talked it over with him because he's, you know, he's going to be 18 in a few days. So really like we can't make that decision for him anymore. But we realized we needed to stay the course. And so I think what you've just outlined for us is not just a way for us to know if we're fully occupying our God-given space. It's also a way that we can look at, you know, are we helping our children do the same thing, especially when they're getting ready to make decisions that feel big and overwhelming. And I'm telling you, and you know this, having a 17-year-old, the older they get, the more big and overwhelming those decisions make. And and yeah. the last thing we want to do as parents is lead our children in the wrong direction. And so I think that looking at it from this perspective can be very helpful in at least getting us one step closer to knowing that maybe we're hearing from the Lord and putting them on the right path. Would you agree with that? Yeah. And teaching them to listen, right? teaching them as they're going forward and they're making decisions about jobs or spouse. I mean, because that's what makes college feel so big is it's this big place in their choice matrix where it's like, oh, two roads diverge, you know, and if I'd gone this way, this would have happened or I, I wouldn't have met my spouse if I'd not gone to this place. And it's like, or tragedies, you know, we can't, this is a great quote someone gave me. I don't know where it came from. But it helps us not question in the dark a decision made in the light. So if we have taken these decisions to God and we've heard from him as we're making it and we go on this path and we do end up in a hard place, we don't say, ugh, if I'd only done the other choice. We can say, no, the time when a decision was made, this is where God led us. And if it comes to another decision point and it takes me away from that place, then I also can go to God and say, God, based on this experience, is it time for us to move to a new place? But that place, even if it feels wasted or even if something hard happened, is not a misstep. It's not outside of his plan. He saw the whole plan. He even saw that choice would be made. And so our confidence increases, um, you know, we have all these tragedies happening lately and a friend, a lot of people here know a family that is in Nashville who lost their daughter and they had a choice at one point to leave Dallas and go to Nashville. And I know that they prayed about it. It's like, if they hadn't, like they could be questioning, why did we leave Dallas? We would still have our daughter. You know what I'm saying? Like these decisions big Mm -hmm. and small I can't imagine not doing it with the sermon that comes from God Uh, when Solomon asked for wisdom the Hebrew was a leb shema a listening soul a heart that listens to God and so our wisdom comes from communicating with the creator of the universe who's outside of time who sees all of the hard and the good at the same time and who knows the purpose and all of it. And so 
I mean, how many times can I say communicating with God? So it takes practice. And some people are like, wow, I've never done that before. And my thing is maybe you've only been a prayer who prays at God and you've never been a prayer who receives from God. And if you're in his physical word and you're reading the Bible, then you can trust that the Holy Spirit will bring those words to mind and guide you. And if you're hearing things that sound nothing like the Bible that you're reading, the scripture, then you're like, well, we got to get some curiosity about why am I hearing from the enemy in this specific area? And we got to take that to God and say, God, please, you know, let me know where this negative thought pattern's coming from right. and heal that right. up. Because yeah, the enemy can try to get in there and give you some real negative stuff. He tried right, to do it to absolutely. Jesus and disrupt his whole direction. Yeah. So, so why would he not do it to us? Why would absolutely. He not do it to us? Yeah. I had just had a conversation with my younger son the other day. He's getting ready to turn 16. And we were in the car. And I love the car moments because if you can demand that they take their AirPods out and put the phone down, it can be some of the greatest one-on-one time that you can have. At least it is in our busy lives. But he said, Mom, how do you know? Like, how do you know that you know that you know that you're hearing God's voice, that he's speaking to you in a given situation. And I thought about it for a minute. And I I just want to preface this by saying that like, you know, Heather and I, we're not like supernatural. We don't have some direct line to God that other people don't have. We're not super Christians. We're not super Christians. It's not not a super Christian moment. Okay, people. No, definitely. This is for everybody. It's only for them and not for me. Exactly. So that is, that is not what this is. But what I said to him is I think exactly what you're saying. And that is, I pointed at my Bible and I I said, this is what God's voice sounds like. So the more I'm in this, the more I begin to recognize what his voice sounds like and things that he would say and things that he would not say. And it's just like when your dad and I were spending time together when we were dating I could tell you now, after almost 21 years of marriage, I could say, yep, that sounds exactly like something that your dad would say. Or I could very easily do the opposite and say, no, that does not sound anything like what my husband would say, because I know him so well. I know his voice. I know what kinds of things he would say and what he would most likely not say. And it's the same with God. It's a relationship. It's us getting to know him. And if we're not in his word, and I know, I know, friends, I say this all the time, and I maybe you feel like I'm beating a dead horse, but there's just no way around it. And that is, we got to be in God's word to know what his voice sounds like. That's why we pray scripture here at Million Praying Moms. We're not just trying to, uh, like you said, pray without listening. We're not just trying to, we're, we're trying to hear back from the Lord and pray within his will. So I, I love that. The more we spend time with God, the easier it will be to understand him and to hear him. And I think as well, sometimes we get trapped in trying to figure out if we messed up the season that we're in. And I would just say, I don't even think that really matters. And maybe you would agree or disagree, but I, I think when we get in powerful, right, right. To disrupt his plan, even if we quote unquote misheard and we went a wrong way. Yeah. It's like how many times in the Bible did people straight up disobey God, not just mishear, but straight up disobey and it did not disrupt his plan. Yeah. And you can have faith in that. You can have hope and rest in that. If you're Mm -hmm. listening right now and you're thinking, I think I missed him. 
I think I'm here because I I was disobedient or I missed something. This can't have been where he wanted me to be. Well, I don't think that that really is what's important. What's important is that you start listening now. What is important is that you start asking the kinds of questions that Heather has asked us to be asking now. It's that you start trying to fill the place where he has you now. And as you're faithful to do that, he will lead you to the next place as well. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Heather, this has just been great. I am so grateful for your time and for your message. Thank you for leading in this area. As we're getting ready to wrap up, tell everybody where they can get a copy of your new book and also give us a little bit of direction on how they can join you in what you're doing for the kingdom right now. Yeah. So you can get the book anywhere books are sold. It's, you know, people love to say that, but it's true. Uh, right where you belong. <laughs> Just Google that and you'll get there. And then um, you can find me on my website, heathermcfadden.com. And I have a podcast called Don't Mom Alone. I always have to say that slow. Transcriptions of that, all kinds of funny versions. <laughs> Don't Mom Alone. So I would love to connect with y'all there. And yeah, thank you so much for having me on the show. Thank you for being here, Heather. Thanks for hanging out with me today, friends. I sincerely loved catching up with Heather and cheering her on as she follows God's unique plan for her in the way that she occupies her God-given space. She's encouraged me to do the same more fully in my own life, and I'm sure you as well. If you haven't already, pick up your copy of our prayer guide to accompany this season called Praying God's Word for Your Child to Find Their Purpose. You can find it along with a link to Heather's new book, Right Where You Belong, in the show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. And make plans to join me next week as we talk about learning to let your children lead. I can't wait to share it with you. Till next time, friends, the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. Do you wish you could have a short, sweet, simple something to pray for your kids this summer that sincerely asks God to move in their hearts, is easy to use, and maybe even encourages your heart too? Sign up for a summer of prayer with Million Praying Moms. Each morning this summer, you'll receive a simple scripture-inspired prayer for your child in your email inbox, just one a day. We'll work our way through the book of Romans, asking God to do things like turn their hearts toward Him, follow Him, trust Him, put their faith in Him, stand up for Him, and be obedient to Him. Get signed up right now in today's show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. Has fear stolen your peace? I'm Jennifer Slattery, lead host of the Faith Over Fear podcast, helping you fight your fears and grow your faith. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.